Hi everyone, welcome back to the New Managers Club podcast. You're listening to episode nine. I'm Ali. And I'm Molly. And today is going to be slightly different. Unfortunately, the episode we had planned to release, which was a deep dive into mental health in the workplace in line with Mental Health Awareness Month in the UK. Unfortunately, we had recorded that and had it ready to go, but the audio quality when we reviewed it just wasn't good enough for us to release it to you guys um, and we felt that on this occasion we had to shelve that episode so we're back and recording again ready for release um, but do you know what the good news is that you are just going to get the top top takeaways from that episode the highlights reel the bits you really need to know about how to promote positive mental health in the workplace and don't forget we share a resource that we've learned from at the end of every episode make sure you listen until the end to hear that and because I have to say at this point you'd be devastated if I didn't it's official you're part of the club now Molly when you think about our responsibility as managers to promote positive mental health in the workplace. What are some of the biggest things that stand out to you as things that we can be doing actively every day as leaders? Mm, you're right. I do think it is really important that we as managers make work a positive place that people don't dread on a Sunday night that they've got to come back to on a Monday morning. I think that's the manager in a team plays a key role in how a person feels about their job we know that there's lots of research around that I think there are so many things as managers that we can be doing to make work a nice place for people to come I think being realistic with deadlines just being a kind person and being you know realistic about what you can expect for people so not putting them under unnecessary pressure where on a Friday night they're working till seven o'clock thinking oh I've got to finish all this long list of things that I have to get done this week. I think um, mental health and the way that you feel about people in your team might feel about their own mental health will massively fluctuate depending on where they are um, at stages of their career. If they've just taken a big step up and they might be pushing themselves in more likely to be a little bit more stressed than before. So I think um, just being aware of where people are in that stage and how you can support them. So we know that if we promote an environment for good mental health, it it really helps people to make the most of their potential and cope with these things that are thrown at them. In any job, there will be stressful situations and things that will really test you. Um, but having the sort of knowing that you, you're in an environment where you're supported if you do feel your mental health um, or stress level is slipping. Yeah, I think you've touched on something that's really important there because... Mental health is complex. You talked about how it can kind of fluctuate and change. And it's probably worth saying at this point that we are just talking about good mental health and we're not qualified to talk about any mental illnesses or anything like that. That's not kind of the the remit of this discussion today at all. But mental health even is complicated. It changes. It's so personal. And as managers, we do have to deal with some very complex personal issues that comes as part of being a people manager. And these aren't easy things that we're talking about doing. But I think that overall, mental health is becoming much more of the kind of accepted equation when it comes to productivity. Like you said, you're not going to be performing at your best if your mental health is suffering or if there is a workplace environment that is making you feel highly stressed or anxious. You ultimately are not going to be at your best as a team player. And us as the managers have to make sure that everyone in our team is given every opportunity to succeed. So having good mental health, creating an environment where people do feel that they can talk about any issues that they're facing, 
is super, super important. It's not new, but it feels like almost a new part of the equation that we as managers have to consider. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I definitely do. I think something that I have noticed more and more, and I've only been in the workplace for like 10 years now. Um, And at the beginning, like no one would have, no one ever mentioned mental health really then, but it's definitely something that's crept in more and more and more, and particularly over the last few years where we've had COVID, lockdown, you're not seeing people, you're not aware of so much of how people might be feeling in like the subtle mm. ways and in, in, in the way that they um, interact with you on a daily basis. If you're seeing someone every day in the office, you might notice when they're, you know, not quite as perky when they say good morning. But if you're only sort of having teams meetings every now and then, it's sort of harder to gauge how other people might be feeling for sure. And I've noticed in those times, um, there's a few people in leadership that come to mind that are particularly good at dropping into conversations um just here and there mentioning mental health and it's something that's on their mind and they're aware that that's you know a thing that might be affecting people and I think it just leaves anyone that hears hears that being dropped in and mentioned casually in discussion that they know that if they ever did need to mention anything or they were struggling or having a rough time that they could feel like they could open up about that because I think there are some people who still aren't quite on board with that and they're just like, oh, you know, mental mm. health, whatever. Um, but knowing that a person will be quite receptive to that if you did decide to open up, I think it's quite important. Yeah, I completely agree. Because it's not to say that every one-to-one has to be like a super deep dive into how someone's feeling emotionally because that's not always going to be appropriate. That's not always going to be That'd the be most... That would be a bit productive. much, wouldn't it? It would be, it would be a lot, yeah. Um, it's not always going to be a productive use of time. Like that That doesn't isn't going to make sense every week, fortnight, month, however frequently you do your one-to-ones. But I feel like it's just knowing that the option is always there. And I agree that dropping it into conversation making mental health part of regular discussions or small talk or anything you know just kind of increasing the accessibility of it Mm -hmm. and making it feel like it's always a topic that's on the table and not something that would feel you know brave to bring up you don't have to be courageous to have a conversation about how you're feeling or how you're doing um but I think it's quite hard and this is one of the um kind of difficult things that I personally have found as a manager is feeling like people aren't kind of telling you the whole story or aren't giving you all the information like you kind of get bits and pieces or you might get you know some things from a person directly you might hear other things and start to be able to piece together but you know feeling like people are either you know saying one thing and doing another or they're just not giving you all of kind of like the the info that you want and need Something that I've heard as being, you know, effective for doing this and for really kind of getting to the heart of these issues that we want to be having regular conversations with our direct reports about is kind of taking the questions around how are you and how is everything going out of the small talk because we've all been in that situation where we have started a conversation and be like, hi, how are you? And everyone's like, I'm fine. And then you move on, you know. Uh, you know how was your weekend how was this how was that and it doesn't kind of have the space and time that it deserves um it's not given room to breathe and for people to really consider the answer and so something that um I know you and I Molly have discussed previously is about this idea of asking how are you twice and not just kind of taking the first answer as the only answer because most people are like yeah I'm fine but actually asking again and kind of giving it 
tight and really asking how are you not just oh hi how are you you know it's it's a proper question that needs a lot of consideration and then actually gets the kind of answer that gives you more information it might unlock a whole new conversation Mm, I think you're right and I think you also touched on a really important point there we both Ali and I both did a um, leadership skills for new managers training course when we became new managers and something that the um, tutor said at the time really stuck with me I still think about it all the time and she said one of the most important things as a manager is to genuinely care about your people and I was like of course I care like obviously I care about them but like it's a little bit deeper than that surface level oh, of course I care about them but like actually really caring and like you know really pushing yourself to check that you are caring in that times where things are really busy and you might forget to check in as often or you know really ask about how things going outside of work or situations that you don't know about taking the time to really care about them as a whole person and not just their workload it's funny isn't it because I still think about a lot of the learnings from that uh, course as well it was so good um, and I would really encourage anyone that has become a manager recently or is still fairly new in their management journey to look at some formal learning to support them because it can be so beneficial I know you and I Molly both found that course really really helpful mm. you touched on there this idea of like projecting and not letting your feelings influence how you behave to someone else or it's funny, I was in a situation with one of my direct reports a couple of weeks ago where um, we, it, the office was super quiet. It was just kind of the two of us in. Um, and I was in a kind of weird mood that day. I had a lot on my mind and I wasn't very chatty. And I kind of had to, I was just, I was dealing with a lot of stuff and um, like some work related, some not work related. I kind of felt myself not being as present or being as open as I would like to be with my direct reports all the time. Um, and the next day uh, when we were both back in the office, I said to them, like I'm really sorry because that isn't how I want to be I just I had a lot of stuff on my mind and um but that's not how I want to um come across to you ever and they said I thought I'd really offended you with something that I'd said no like I that was their interpretation of that situation that they they had been telling me a story or an anecdote and they thought that I had negatively inferred something from what they were saying um which was absolutely not the case at all I was so in my own head that day I actually don't even remember them telling me that story which is really bad but like I I was just so uh, for myself but I I undenied a lot about kind of apologizing to them and bringing it up the next day because I kind of thought you know we all have times like that but I thought no I want to be transparent and kind of explain what was going on because I don't want them to feel that it was any reflection on them when actually it was all about how I was feeling and not about um, anything they'd done but I'm really glad I did because then it opened up this conversation of like oh how ridiculous I was upset that I had you know I thought I had upset you and vice versa and actually just kind of breaking down that barrier and having an open honest conversation about it I think made us both feel a lot better but it would have been so easy to just let that like skim over and just never talk about it again do you know what I mean yeah that is so true and I've actually it comes to mind at one of um uh, mindfulness workshops that I'd done and they spoke about that in the workplace where people were so in their own heads and they see things exactly the situation that you've talked about when if someone hasn't said hello back to them in the morning they're thinking oh god yeah they're so rude they must not like me and then they then in turn when it's maybe the person had headphones in or they didn't hear them or they've got stuff going on and then they're then treat that person a certain way going forward thinking that they've been annoyed then that person starts thinking oh why are they annoyed at me but yeah you're so right it's so easy to get in your own head and I think 
you absolutely did the right thing there i think that's something that's quite um quite a good tip for anyone actually if you're having a bit of a bad day and you're not quite as chatty or talkative like i absolutely have done that on many occasions and i have never said to the team well, i had a bit of a bad day yesterday sorry if i was a bit miserable or not as chatty you know they could have absolutely thought the same thing but it's on none of those occasions it has ever been that I've been annoyed about something it's mm. always because I'm in my own head about something because I never <laughs> I don't really get annoyed at stuff like that you know if I'm, <laughs> it doesn't happen it is always um yeah I think that's really such a good point oh thanks I think it just shows how well firstly how there's always like deeper levels going on with anything like you can never just take anything at surface level because there's always more stuff going on than probably you realize or the other person realizes um but also around just being transparent like I think the reason why I almost didn't want to say sorry or to bring it up was because I didn't want to acknowledge that I had had a bad day or I had been dealing with stuff but actually like why wouldn't I what's wrong with saying that what is what's so bad about me admitting that Mm. actually there was a lot on my plate that day and I didn't deal with it very well like I think that's fine but at the time I was kind of thinking like but I'm the manager I should be able to deal with all of this they should just you know I'm sure they know and it's like no they they don't people don't realize like they just don't realize what's going on with other people so often I feel like that's so true and I think it's easy to assume people just know like yeah 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 for sure I've done that like I've if I've been having like a really rough week, I assume people know. People what's going know. On. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Even yeah. though you haven't said anything, like no one has any information, but you're just like, oh, I'm sure they can figure it out. It's like, mm, no, yeah, no. That's what I feel. But I feel like as managers, it's almost our responsibility to take that brave and in inverted commas first step of being open and transparent about it. Because I wouldn't mm. expect someone in my team to feel that they could say that to me. But they will now. Well, I hope so. That's what I mean. I hope that in kind of breaking that ice and making it okay to say things like that, they next time would say to me, like, I'm really sorry, this is just not going well, or, you know, I've got this going on. So if I'm not 100% focused on this project, that's why. And it's not to say that, you know, everything should have an excuse or everything should link back to something deeper that's happening. But just knowing that that option is there to kind of discuss it and Mm. that um I think leading by example when it comes to things like mental health are so important because it's so easy to say like yeah I care about mental health or yeah I care about my team like you said genuinely caring but if you're not actually doing things that say Mm. that it like Yeah. yeah the feeling might be there in you but if that's not being actively reflected it's probably going to get lost mm. because it's so important to be explicit and to be overt with what you're doing with things like that, I think. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Are there any other key things that you do to promote positive mental health within your team or for yourself even? Um, I do think the lead by example thing is really important to me. Like leaders that leave loudly, people that do like and make a show of switching off and saying that like actually I'm going on holiday so no you can't contact me or no I can't dial into that meeting or no I can't do this like being the example that you want people to follow boundaries yeah not even setting the boundaries but demonstrating the boundaries like it if you wouldn't want your team to say I'm going to lead with this example dial into a call while they're on holiday why would you do it like what what does that say to your team about what you expect if you're doing that if you're up until 11 o'clock at night working on something Mm. and you're showing that to them 
what does that say? What does that say about what you want from them? Mm. And it's this whole thing of like, it. you might know that you've done that because actually you took a few hours off to go to a doctor's appointment or to pick up your mum or to do, do you know what I mean? Like anything. But they don't know that unless you've explicitly told them, which you probably haven't. They will just see that you're working late or you're doing X, Y, Z that they don't do. And the pressure that that can pass on without you even intending it to, I think can be really significant. So for me, kind of living the values that you want them to follow. So switching off, setting boundaries, um, being transparent about those things as well, I think is really important. Um, The other thing I would say, and this is more so on like my own side of mental health, um, rather than thinking about the mental health of my team, is this sounds really cheesy when I say it, but like being true to yourself and being the kind of leader that you would want, not the kind of leader that you think you should be Mm -hmm. and not just following the examples that you've been set previously, because it might not be that they were very good, (laughs) but you just feel like, oh, well, that's the only management I've seen. So I kind of have to follow it. Or you feel yourself falling into that trap of just repeating what you've seen. I always, any time that I've been presented with a situation as a manager, I have tried to think, what would I, as the direct report, want in this situation? Yes. And I've tried to follow it as much as I possibly can, rather than just thinking like, what would a manager do? What would a leader do? What would, you know, X, Y, Z, previous boss have done? No, what what would I want? What is true to who I am as a leader? And what am I then going to pass on to my team by making this decision? Mm-hmm. So I think not kind of getting caught up in, oh, no, I have to do this because it follows X, Y process yeah. or it does this or it sets this example. Actually, what would I want as a human being <laughs> if I was my team member in this situation? Um, but it can be really easy to feel like, oh, but... A good manager would do this. Yeah, or a good manager did this or this manager that I respect does it like that that's great and you can learn certain things from that but ultimately if it's not true to how you want to lead you're going to cause yourself stress even if you don't kind of actively feel it your your insides feel stressed by that if you're going against what is true to you that is stressful I could not relate to that more ah well I'm sad I'm sad that you relate to that but I'm glad that that (laughs) resonated yeah no it definitely did so I'm almost a year into management now and I have spent much of the first year thinking oh well a good leader would do it like that or I should be doing things like that and it's only now and even even now I still have to remind myself on a regular basis no like I can you know carve my own path do things how I want to do it and that is the best way to be doing it. as long as you know you've got people front of mind genuinely caring about them um then that is the best way to lead it's not all what should I do? And we've spoken about this on previous podcasts, how management is really, really changing. There is a massive shift in a, such a positive direction of how people are now being managed. And I've definitely fallen into the trap of old school leaders I've had in the past thinking, oh, well, if I was a proper manager, a proper professional person, I would do it this way. But we're moving away from that. And it's I would be surprised if you know anyone listening hadn't had a moment in their starting out in their management career where they hadn't thought oh but a, a proper leader an experienced leader would have done this or yeah I should have kept those boundaries or not said it but no you do what you want you do what feels right and I think it comes across when you're not being genuine and true to yourself a hundred percent a hundred percent it does and I agree I think because the new wave if you want to call it that of management is more about autonomy and trust 
it's easy to feel like you're being a pushover or that you're just like not asserting your leadership or your authority and you're just kind of letting your team (laughs) run right and do whatever they want when that I mean it is the case in some degrees like yeah I let my team do what they want because they know their roles they know their skills they live and breathe it so why wouldn't I let them do it in the way that is most efficient and effective for them so actually yeah I do let them run right that's fine I'm happy to say that but you almost feel like judgment from people (laughs) that don't do it like that thinking like but you don't know what they're working on or you don't know why they're in that meeting or you don't know what they did with this and it's like no because I trust them like uh, yeah and I don't want that information like why do I need that what am I going to do with it that's just going to add more thoughts to my brain that don't need to be there yeah definitely I could not agree more it definitely giving people that autonomy promotes good mental health yeah there is so much research on that I think lack of autonomy and lack of trust are probably some of the biggest contributors to stress feeling like you're not in control of what you're doing or what you're doing isn't having impact or it's not true to how you think a role should be done that's super stressful that's horrible that's not an environment someone wants to be in yeah for sure so what then do you do so you said about kind of being at those crossroads situations where you felt like you know this is what a good leader would do but actually maybe that's not close to how I feel that I should act in this situation what have you done to keep yourself sane in this first year of management what have you done to look after yourself kind of in the mix of all of these big challenging issues I have to keep reminding myself that I'm new to this I'm Mm. learning that feels difficult and so I think it's easy to think in the beginning, oh, I'm bad at this. I should, you know, yeah. this is, I'm not cut out for this. But anything new that you're learning, whether it's in your job or you know, outside of work, if you're learning to drive or, you know, all these different things, you're going to get <laughs> Learning to, to drive point... is very stressful, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but you'll get to a point where you might think, is this for me? Am I good at this? Maybe I should just, you know, take a different path. But... You've got to persevere so you get those lessons and, and eventually you'll feel so confident in your skills. So before I took the management role, I really had some firm words with myself where I said this next year or so is going to be so tough, but you keep pushing through. You don't judge yourself. You just, you know, let it be. And these lessons that we learn in the beginning and you know, for the rest of our careers, when we get things wrong, yes, that is really hard in the moment. But I think I really take time to appreciate oh, that was really tough to learn that difficult lesson that I did that wrong. Mm. But I don't need to get stressed about it and really beat myself up mentally about it because I'm learning. We're all learning no matter what stage we are in in our career. So just being, I think, to summarise, is being kind to myself. I like that. I think it's, like, easy to forget. You kind of think, when when you take the step up to managing, you kind of, like, you kind of title yourself like oh I'm manager now I'm this I'm that I need to act a certain way I need to be a certain way and you kind of like lose the human part of it which is that actually this is very difficult and very complicated and changes all the time and no matter what you do there is always someone that's going to think you're doing the wrong thing because these issues that we're talking about are so subjective that's really tough get to grips with and equally you kind of think like oh well I have direct reports but actually no those are people and people are complicated and the the whole management the whole management challenge is probably like the Mm -hmm. the most complicated thing I've ever 
put myself in the middle of. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, definitely it is. But, you know, we're learning. Get there. We are learning. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to make that sound negative. It's, But it, it's kind of recognising that kindness is a really powerful tool in that situation to reconnect with the human part of all of this. Yeah. Because ultimately, we're all just people doing this, trying to figure it out trying to get better at what we're doing and also I think with mental health it can feel like there's a lot of pressure to get it right because Mm -hmm. if you don't get it right for yourself for your team the consequences can be big and we know that and I'm I'm say what I'm about to say not wanting to minimize how important mental health is but ultimately you're never going to get it 100% right you're not there to be your team's therapist or to take on issues that aren't relevant to you or to work or to you know you are not there like dumping ground for for all of their problems that's not who you are as their manager you're there to support and to guide and to show genuine care like you said molly that's really important but you don't have an obligation to give support that goes beyond the requirements of your role all you are there to do is to be that guide when they need it and to provide a safe space for these conversations to take place when they have to that doesn't mean you have to be you know a mental health pioneer that might feel right for you as a leader or it might not it might not be relevant to your team they might not be willing to open up to you and it's not your job to prize them open and make them share their deepest darkest secrets with you but ultimately just being that person that's open to those conversations is incredibly powerful and I think if any manager listening today is that and is a leader that is willing to listen that is an incredible thing to be doing you are setting an amazing example to your colleagues to the managers that will come after you and I think that's something to absolutely be commended yeah definitely I completely agree and also on the flip side of that but still trying to keep it positive is making sure that you're not doing any of those things that we know typically do create stressful environments and if you are sort of reconsider you know is it necessary to send an email at eight o'clock or can it wait? Can you set the timer on your Outlook so that it doesn't go until the morning or... I don't know how to do that. Can you show me how to do it? Because I really... T- <laughs> I've heard people talk about this, for like <laughs> timer on Outlook. No idea how you do that. Yes. Oh, I will show you after okay, this. Okay, thank we, you. Maybe we'll put a how-to on our... Uh, Ooh, we'll do a how-to on our Instagram. That's a good idea. See. Make sure, yeah. um, if you're not following yeah. us on Instagram, make sure you do follow us at New Managers Club to see that. I'm sure we'll be posting it in the next few days. Yeah, we will. While we're here, I also am in the middle of reading a very good book around stress and I just wanted to share Ooh. with you to, on the topic of mental health. So the book, just in case you did want to go and uh, go and have a read of it, I'm actually only a couple of chapters in, but it's called Burnout, The Secret to Solving the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And so her key learnings, the key learnings from their book that I took was and this is a few key things that you can do to reduce stress so if you are very stressed at work these are the top tips that they gave to try and reduce that and so the first one is taking 20 to 60 minutes every day um, to exercise sort of moving your body and they say what this does is it tells your body that the stressful situation is over so we've all probably heard that situation with you know feeling like a lion's chasing you when that puts your body into stress um and it moving your body exercising sort of tells your body okay we're away from the stressful situation now we've made it out we're safe 
the second tip is this is an odd one and it's not for everyone if you are single or not with somebody but it says have one six six second kiss per day no one in your workplace this is not for the office this is when you get home (laughs) but it tells your body according to the authors it tells your body that you are safe with your tribe what kissing people tells your body that you're with your tribe that you're because you wouldn't do that with someone that you didn't feel safe with they say that tells your body like okay you can relax but they said it has to be at least six seconds i'm loving this idea of like caveman going around and like kissing people in their <laughs> tribe to feel calm yeah it always has to be some be with someone you feel incredibly like safe and comfortable and also someone that is consenting to do this yes so i'm thinking you know, like partners that you go home to or you know wouldn't really be anyone else i think um but and then the next one also on sort of similar that you could replace this person with a cat dog any animal of choice but to hug someone you love and trust for at least 20 full seconds but they say you should support your own weight so you're not sort of like lying on the sofa having a cuddle or really leaning into someone for a cuddle you're supporting both supporting your own weight by having a like wrapping arms around having a cuddle for 20 seconds and again that is um it changes your hormones it lowers your blood blood pressure your heart rate improves your mood increases oxytocin and it again it's teaching your body that you are in a safe environment now and that's the thing with stress if you it, the book is explaining how stress works if you sort of let it go on and on and on and you're not ending the cycle stress it can lead to really quite terrible um health side effects that i, I won't go into here but um it's a whole whole different episode but they talk about how it's so important to end the stress cycle at the end of the day if you have a stressful work life um, and these are just tips on how you can do that the last couple I'll, I'll go through quickly is having a big cry not for everyone all the time but sometimes that does help just sort of like let it out get it all over with um, and the final one was engaging creative activities so that could be art sport painting writing storytelling um, any sort of creative outlet that helps you sort of move on from your day. So those were those tips oh. that I thought were quite good. Yeah, no, they sound great. They all sound quite like you hear a lot of tips that are about what to do kind of in your work day or how to embed better things. But mm-hmm. these all sound like kind of separating yourself from work and yes. taking a step away and how to do that, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I haven't tried them, so I I don't know if this is going to work. Have but... you ever had a hug? Have you done that? <laughs> no, I never hugged anybody. Everyone's so stressed. Um, <laughs> but no, I'll give them a try. I'll report back. I'll let you know. But it makes sense what what they were talking about in the book. And I'd really recommend going to listen. Um, I'm not even that far in, and I already know that it's just going to be an absolutely brilliant read. Um, just ending the stress cycle, I think, is the key thing. So whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything on those lists. But I mean, something separate to work. Even if you get home and you make yourself a cup of tea slowly, you know, you stand, listen to the kettle boil, pour the water, let it brew properly instead of rushing around. Whatever it takes for you to end your stress cycle um, will massively help. You can love go into it. work the next day, fresh mindset, ready to go amazing i absolutely love it i mean you've already shared so much learning with us but i think you also molly have something to share for our learning of the fortnight as well do you have something to share i do yeah i do so ali and i recently went on a 
burnout workshop that we our um, work put on for everyone in leadership or management positions which we are incredibly lucky to have experienced and one thing that really stood out there were many amazing things that stood out in that workshop but the one of the key takeaways for me um, was something called grumble time so it sounds a bit weird but sounds like <laughs> something from like a kids tv show yeah and initially i was thinking like oh apple crumble that sounds nice and <laughs> um, it's got nothing to do with food at all no. it's um he gave the example of having a once a week meeting or however frequently you want and taking the first 10 minutes to just have a bit of a moan what are things that are not working for people right now is there anything that people want to change and opening up that space for people to discuss things that they don't feel like is working so they're having those discussions with you as opposed to behind your back or in areas that you're not going to be exposed to and you won't know so that you can't solve those issues um but then he talks about so you have your set time where you all have a bit of a grumble you go away from that environment you make a cup of tea and you come back and you have your normal meeting and you crack on with you know positive things but just taking time to it's like you know back to the mental health discussion letting people know that you're open to hearing these things letting people know that you're open to hearing you know if they're experiencing some negative things at work and just letting them get it out in the right space where it's you know it's not you can actually solve the problem rather than just having a whinge so something that I've implemented with my team and we've done it a couple of times now and I really am enjoying it. I don't I don't know if the team are they seem to be happy enough to <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like we need a little bit longer of trying it but so far it's working out great so yeah worth giving a go introduce wow. a little grumble time that sounds amazing because I think as managers we're quite conscious of being kind of negative or you know letting bad feelings seep in or complaining or anything like that but actually just kind of ultimately having things to complain about is a a part of life everyone always has something that could be better so setting aside that time to discuss it constructively as in you know in a safe space in an environment that supports it and welcomes it and then having that separation I think is really important as well it sounds great I might have to give it a go yeah do let me know how it goes I will amazing well thank you so much Molly for all of that amazing learning thank you to everyone for listening today as well we're sorry this wasn't the kind of deep dive into mental health that we had originally intended and had recorded um but we will definitely be revisiting that topic and discussing it in more detail doing it the justice it deserves but this was just a whistle stop tour through our top learnings to keep yourself sane in the workplace so please subscribe to this podcast to make sure you're up to date with all of our latest episodes we cannot wait to see you in the next one but until then bye for now bye